Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In basketball analysis, with over 70 years combined experience, this is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let, let's get right to <laughs> it. All right, welcome into another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Bob Ryan. And uh, the mass one over here is Celtics coach Brad Stevens, who's in the office. And uh, Brad, you're looking good, even with your uh, with your with your mask over there. Yeah, thanks. It's a uh, we've actually been tested pretty regularly over here since um, the NBA let guys back in to work out in the facilities, and we've had a few of our younger players back here for um, a little bit of time now. So it's been good, but it's. Uh, but yeah, it's you still want to make sure we're doing everything we can to uh, be preventative. Is it crazy, Brad, that we are a month away from the start of the NBA season right now? Less than a month away. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's really wild. I mean, just coming back from Orlando, we were we were thinking that, and, and I think everybody thought that we were probably looking at a mid-January start. So. Um, you know, there was always a chance that, that there would be a decision to start earlier, but usually when you, when you say mid January, that usually means later, you know, you, you usually think well, that's probably not going to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah. So when we got the news a couple weeks ago that this thing might get ramped up even quicker, um, it does change some things. And, you know, obviously with the draft free agency, and then the first practice with all the new COVID protocols, with all the facility requirements that we're going to have not being in a bubble. Um, and they're all coming like memo after memo rushed in. Um, it's quite a lot of moving parts right now. Uh, and for our staff, you know, it's, 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 we're pretty focused now on how we can best play. Um, you know, cause you know, the majority of your team, uh, and so you just kind of go from there. But it, prior to that, you know, before the draft, before free agency, that's a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Well, speaking of the draft, um, the uh, apparent uh, activity of the Celtics to us on the outside was uh, something that is not always acknowledged on the inside in other years, which drafting for a need. Uh, I don't know whether Mr. Neesmith was the highest guy ranked on your board or the first guy ranked on the shooters 
but uh, and you, you got a shooter. And I don't think it's a secret that it's something you could use. Yeah, well, we got two. Yeah, we got um, two. Both those guys can really shoot the ball. And, uh, and but yeah, Neesmith is, is big, gets it off. He gets it off easy, shoots it high. He can run off screens. You know, I thought one of the things that I appreciated about watching him before the draft was the way that Stackhouse had run him off all the different actions and unique things. Like you would run an ATO or you'd run off a set um, and he could shoot it with his body weight going away from the basket. And there's just not a lot of guys that can do that um, and make it at a highly efficient rate. And to shoot what he did, even in a short amount of games and a small sample with those level of shots is, was a pretty impressive. Um, really, really uh, bright guy and, and, and a worker. And I think he's got a lot of good basketball ahead of him, obviously. You know, the key is for, for him or anybody else coming in is, how quickly can you make the adjustment to impact the game and add value to winning by doing what you do best and learning to be able to manage those other areas as you're learning how to kind of survive in the NBA. Um, and then Pritchard is you know, just a, he's just a tough, a tough little guy. He's not little. I mean, he's, he's 200 pounds, strong, physical, um, and uh, has all the shiftiness and all the, different reads and all those things and, and can shoot the ball as well. So we, uh, we thought that was really important. You can never have enough guys that can put the ball in the basket. Um, and, you know, we'll see how this all pans out. They don't get the benefit, Bob, of summer league screwing up three on three games in August and September when no one else is here. And then uh, going into practice, they have to go into practice next week. <laughs> so <laughs> That'll be quite an adjustment for these draft picks all over the NBA. Is there hey, any Bob, kind of Bob? The first time I ever heard Gordon Hayward's name, I don't know if Brad remembers this, but a few times when I would come to Butler, we would meet at a, a little coffee shop. I don't remember the name, but it was it was close to to camp, like a cafe type deal. And uh, you remember the name, Brad? Cafe Patachu. Is that what it was? So I would go by every year. Really, before Butler was even great. Um, I would go by every year and, and see Brad and sit down with him and either his, his assistants. And one year he tells me, he's like, yeah, I got this kid coming in named Gordon Hayward. And uh, I think he's going to be pretty good. And, you know, a tennis player and his sister is a tennis player. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I saw them later that year. I came back for a game against, I believe it was Loyola. And, uh, and Brad, I, I actually, it was so funny because when I left the gym, I called Danny and I said, I think I just saw a lottery pick. And uh, one of the few times that I was actually right. Uh, I was going to say, not many, many. Um, but you, you've had such a long relationship with Gordon and for him to leave. I think you're probably happy in a sense. He, he, He got paid. He got paid a ton of money to go to Charlotte, but how hard was it to watch the last three years for Gordon, it's not how you drew it up. It's not how Gordon drew it up. You, you Again, you've had that relationship with him that goes much deeper than that of a, a coach and player. Well, I can't talk about all the stuff with regard to decisions this week and everything else. So um, first and foremost, obviously, um, you know, known each other forever and, and had a great run 
Um, and he's been a heck of a pro all the way through. And I probably should leave it at that right now, and I'll have plenty of time to um, go into that at a later date. Fair enough. All right. You, uh, about to, I'll talk about a player that we know is going to be back with you and back with you and the organization for quite a while. Uh, and that, of course, is Jason Tatum. And um, uh, I don't know. Where do you start? I mean, uh, is he uh, – w- what pleases you most about the way he's developed? Yeah. Well, I think um, – we're really, I think we've got, we've been very fortunate that we had those two um, high draft picks in Jason and Jalen. They joined teams that were really competitive um, right from the get go. And they were asked um, to play big roles and again, adding value to winning. That's hard when you're drafted that high. Usually you're drafted into a situation where they're building towards that down the road. And it's been, you know, it's been a, I think a big part of their growth has been the responsibility they have to play with. You know, I think that when you're drafted into here and you already have the tradition and history of the Celtics and the expectation of of this area, um, in addition to being drafted into a good team that is competitive, I think that there is a lot of responsibility. And so I think that that has added to their game and then they just are great workers. Um, they really get after it. They're great competitors. They're team guys. Um, I mean, you guys know, been around them a lot, really smart. And, you know, for, for Tatum in particular, I think he, he came in, um, Bob, as a guy that probably was as ready um, emotionally and, um, you know, as anybody probably have ever seen. We had, we had so many guys um through and and I thought that Jalen also exceptionally high in that and also so curious and you just knew with the combination of all the things that they brought to the table that they would get better I never thought and and I think that this is a real testament to them you know I knew they were good and I knew they would be good for a long time and I knew they were guys you wanted to have as as big huge parts of your franchise you would have told me they've done what they've done in the playoffs through the first three and four years of their career. That's pretty unusual numbers wise. Um, but it's also just a reminder to all of us, like we're, we're, we've relied on them. Like we've leaned on them. Like it hasn't been, you know, the age is the age we need you to be great now. And those guys have embraced that and it's been fun to watch them grow. But I think that responsibility that comes with playing here on a good team has helped that because it challenges you. Do they compete in a friendly sense in, in any way? You know, do they yeah. drive each other? They have a good relationship. Thing? They drive each other. Uh, I think they um, have brought out the best in each other. We thought that the, the, the combination of, you know, the way that they played and their strengths coming out as draft picks complemented each other well. And then you also had two very versatile wings. I mean, I think – Jalen's best moments um, his rookie year often came when we had him in as a starting two when Avery was hurt. Um, now he's played as much four as he has mm. two. Yeah. You know, he's so versatile. And Tatum plays all over the court the same way. Um, so we knew that it would complement each other greatly defensively because they bring a lot of the same strengths, um, especially with their length and athleticism and versatility. Offensively, it just felt like it would – it would really fit with Jalen's ability to powerfully drive, 
make the next right play, be physical at the rim. His finishing's improved. His shooting is great. And then Jason's, uh, you know, Jason's just got – he's always been able to find the, find the bottom of the net. When the ball hits the net, it looks like it's supposed to. Jason is, among other things, the most famous father of a toddler that I have ever seen in my 50-plus years of covering the Celtics. And I mean that. It's such an endearing part of, of his persona. Uh, how does that, I don't know, factor into making him the, the, everything that he is? I mean, it's, it's not a normal circumstance for a young player, you know, to be in the specific circumstance that he is with Deuce. And, and it's, not a, it's not a show. He's, he is a great dad. Like, he's, a, he's terrific. He, he loves Deuce. He spends every waking minute that he can with him. He is, uh, he always has him around. And, you know, I think that was the tough part for everybody of being away, but you could, you could tell when Deuce showed up at the bubble, that was like the best day of the bubble by far um, for Jason. (laughs) And I thought that that was cool. He's a great dad. And, and um, I love the fact that, um, that, that is, that is, he is, he's taken that responsibility as his number one, and he's good at it. Brad, the, the one thing I, I guess for me with Jason that I saw towards the end of last season was you allowing him to make plays with the ball in his hands, not just scoring, but to see kind of what he can do, making others better, facilitating. What, what's the area you want to see uh, him make another jump with for next season? Well, I think at this point it's about – um, there's always jumps to be made. I think, you know, we talk often about getting a couple more easy baskets a game, yeah. you know, whether that's off a curl, whether that's off a cut, whether that's off a back cut because you're being overplayed or off an offensive rebound or running in transition and getting a layup. I think all of those things, you know, when you're a great player, those easy baskets add up, but they also help you see the ball go through the net one more time. And when great players see the ball go through the net, those impossible shots they make are easier. And so I think that that's a huge part um, of our focus in the offseason, which isn't much of an offseason, obviously, and there's not many weeks to do that. But we can work on those things, you know, right when we get back to practice, because those are more emphases than something you really need to improve upon, right? He's got the skill to curl, finish, and take contact and all that other stuff. Um, so I think that that's the, the thing that I would say you're right about his passing. I thought that the way that he made plays for everybody else, especially in the bubble, especially in the playoffs was a, even another jump. Uh, if you looked at the first 17 games of the season, both Jalen and Jason improved in almost every statistical category in the 17 playoff games when the intensity is at its highest. And I think that that's a huge jump for those two guys. And I think their ascension was certainly a huge part of why we were, were where we were. I think Jason's passing and his reading of different actions was a, he's always been great at seeing the court, but he saw so many different kinds of defenses, which he hadn't seen as much before. Saw some run and jump right before the pandemic uh, began. Um, He saw a lot more blitzing off pick and rolls. He saw a lot different matchups than he had seen. So he, he was like, oh, man, this is like new, so you better be, better be able to react quick. And, you know, you feel pretty good about yourself when, you know, you're isolated top of the key and the other team runs another guy at you. You know, that's a, 
that that makes you feel pretty good. But then you realize you got to get rid of it pretty quick. Um, and he did a great job of that. He, he transitioned very quickly in making those right reads off of those plays. Brad, you have already spent more time as head coach of the Boston Celtics than you spent as head coach at Butler, seven to six. And in one year, I, I, I could go like lot, in one year. <laughs> I could go a long way with this, a lot of different ways. But what what was the biggest tra- uh, revelation? I'm going to so I say when you made this transition into the NBA. Yeah. That he didn't have to recruit anymore, that his phone never rang and, and how happy yeah. he was about that. Right, Brad? Bob, when you drive, when I drove home, like my second or third year in Boston, um, which, uh, you know, the, we were in Waltham and I was going south. And so it was like I was I was sitting in traffic a lot and I was like looking for people to call when I when I drove home, when I was working at Butler, I had to drive around the block eight times before I pulled into my garage because I had two calls waiting all the time. (laughs) And that's a big difference. Um, The transitions, it's just a different game. And it's, um, you told me this, Bob, I'll never forget. We were at a, uh, at an event, maybe it was an ABCD event that you and I have done with doc over the years where, and you told me this, you go, you, I, you knew a lot more about the NBA than I did. Like I was just a, I was just a a puppy in that and didn't really probably know what I was getting myself into. I thought I knew. Um, And luckily I had great support um, players, uh, management owners and everybody else. And they, and they didn't expect me to know everything um, or have every right answer. And, you know, I really appreciate that first group. I've said this a lot, um, been interviewed about it a couple of times. You know, I had Ron Adams as an assistant coach and, and I'd run things by him and he'd say, yeah, that might work. No chance. Um, don't even try it. Uh, yeah. What the hell? Try it. You know, you know, he'd just kind of be my, he was my editor and that's what mm-hmm. he, he, he came here to do. That was really helpful and impactful. And then, you know, I'd say all the time, we, we used to try different things that we had tried at Butler. And, you know, one of the things was we, we'd try some zone uh, at different times and, the guy who really embraced it was Rondo and that really helped sell it to not only that team, but the rest of the teams. And I, I thanked him for that. Um, when I ran and ran into him in the elevator in the bubble and (laughs) a couple of times, you know, I just think that those are without, you know, Gerald Wallace accepting not playing at all without Rondo being what he was to me without those 42 guys that came through in those first 18 months, all being willing to give us a shot. We probably don't, you know, stay around. And so I appreciate them for that quite a bit. Brad, where's Kemba at right now? uh, Physically, obviously he didn't look great in the bubble. You could see he wasn't Kemba. I mean, we've seen Kemba. I've seen him forever. You've seen him uh, way too long as well, dating back to college. Uh, Where's he at right now? And and how much do you have to manage him uh, with the short layoff in in the off season? Yeah, he's going to, I mean, he's, he's, working exceptionally hard on just continuing the the key to this whole thing with him is just strengthen the knee. And so um, just continuing to take this opportunity when we're not playing, when we're not practicing um, to really focus on that very similar to what we did at the beginning of the bubble. I think that there will be a transition like that because of the short, because of the shortened season, the shortened off season, you know, I don't expect, um, you know, it'll be some time before he's going full speed for us, for sure. Meaning that he might, he might miss, he might miss the beginning of the season, Brad. 
we'll see how that all goes. We haven't settled on any timelines. This is more of a like plan appropriately thing so that he can play and play uninhibited as he moves forward. A lot like the bubble. Again, the, the bubble was unique because you went basically four months off. So there was a different challenge there and that ramping up was a big threat to everybody. But certainly if he, if he had a situation like his where we, if he goes too fast too soon, that probably wouldn't have been good. Here it's you're just too soon to the season. Yeah. And so I anticipate, again, you know, it'll, we'll be slow with him um, as the season starts, as practice starts. Thanksgiving and Black Friday may look a little different this year, but there's still a lot to be thankful for. Like being able to find the right people for your team when the holiday rush has you ramping up your small business needs. So when you're ready to make that next hire, LinkedIn Jobs can help by matching your role with qualified candidates so you can find the right person for your business and do it fast. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 706 million members worldwide. Getting started is easier than ever with new features to help you find qualified candidates quickly. Post a job with targeted screening questions and they'll quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates. Manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view on the familiar LinkedIn.com as functions are streamlined onto one simple screen. And now you can do this all from your mobile device, no matter where the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash good. Again, that's linkedin.com slash good to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Brad, I uh, I proclaim myself to be the regional president of the Marcus Smart Fan Club. And I once wrote that given all the good things he does, it's okay with me if he wants to occasionally try to kick the ball in the basket from outside the arc. How does Coach Stevens balance off that yeah. offense-defense dichotomy with Marcus Smart? Well, Marcus has um, an unbelievable competitive spirit. As you know, that's why you're the president of his fan club. Um, he has an, he's a home run hitter. Um, he is, um, you know, the way that he plays is contagious. You know, I think that the way that he defends has been well documented. It makes everybody else around him better. And, you know, I think that the, the positives of that are 99.999 to 0.001, right? And I think that ultimately he's gotten better in his ability to make plays, make shots. I think his offensive game has really improved. He's just improved as a player. I think he's a, he's a better player than he was six years ago. He's a better player than he was three years ago. Um, and we're going to need him to continue to do that. We're going to need him to continue to improve. We're going to need him to continue to be a guy that does all those good things. And, you know, he can swing for the fences – in several times a game and there will probably always be a couple Bob where, you know, it's, you probably should have let that curveball go. <laughs> right. But, you know, I think that there's a reason why he's won as much as he has. And, you know, I think it's really important that he knows that we all believe in him. And I think it's really important that he plays with unbridled confidence, but I do think that part of that step is a, as to everybody's next level is just being able to manage that even a little bit more every year. And so we have 
utmost confidence that he's going to be an incredibly impactful player because that's all he's been since he's been here. We have utmost confidence he's just going to keep improving. And um, that's part of the improvement. So you've given Marcus the green light to shoot the three. Uh, You've allowed Daniel Tice to shoot the three. Would you let Bob Ryan have the green light to shoot the three? I've never seen him shoot it. Daniel Tice shot 40%, didn't he, like two years ago? He didn't shoot it. No, listen, you know how much I love you. You know how much I – and Bob, listen, Bob is going to get on you more than even I am. Uh Um, That you'd let everybody let it fly, which, listen, to each their own. I'm not sure I would give Daniel Tice the same green light. Marcus Smart's a different guy to me because he guards like he does. So, to me, you do whatever the hell you want as long as you're guarding the way Marcus Smart does. Um, Bob Ryan shot. I, I wouldn't give him the green light. No, uh, I was like good the Chris shot. Ford school. Uh, I'm a one hand set shooter. And in fact, I did have three point range, but I would need a little time to get it off. Yeah. <laughs> if there was a strong closeout, I would have been in trouble, Brad. So that, uh, you know, I need a lot of space, you know, but, but, uh, but you know, I would have cranked them up there. Believe me. You know, one of the things I think we'll all take, you a layup bob first and we'll all take you getting fouled and two free throws first and then after that if you're open from the corner let it fly yeah, yeah. that's very well yeah. let's talk about like this for that. a second you were like ahead, you had to be raised the old school way in indiana of you know the, the game is inside out the start and that's the way we were all taught the game was it was inside out and so we all know what it's become was there any did you have any little hesitation in, in, in transitioning yourself into the philosophy of, of the, the modern NBA with the three-point shot? Yeah, at, at Butler, we never, we never were able to play inside. It was very rare, right? You're not posting very many guys. If you are, it's usually a 6'5 linebacker, right? And because you don't, you're, not, you're not necessarily getting the um, – best centers in the country or the guys that everybody would post the most. Now we had some guys you could throw it down there too, but even then, you know, when you look at a post up and what it is just from an efficiency standpoint, there are plenty of times where a post is a great play, but the post is not as big of a threat as, you know, a a cut to the rim as a finish at the rim off the drive, a, um, you know, multiple movement, multiple pick and roll possession, a, inside out play. And so I think it's changed a little bit from the standpoint where I do think the game is desired to be inside out by every single one of us. Um, We all want layups first. We all want to get fouled first and we want the ball to touch the paint first, or at the very least there to be a paint threat first. Mm -hmm. And so whether that's a big rolling to the rim, a guy that curls and creates help, whatever the case may be. And then At the same time, I think teams are all over the league. I think we were like middle of the pack in three-point attempt percentage, you know, a number of threes attempted per game versus your other shots. Um, Every team's shooting those quicker, right, because of the efficiency of the shot over the long haul. There's no question there are times where it can be too quick. Um, There's no question that there are times where, you know, taking a sidestep three doesn't make as much sense as just shooting a 15 pull up for some 15 foot pull up for some guys, you know, but um, you know, Oh, I think in the big picture, you want that inside out pain attack three over a challenged long two. 
But I still think it's interesting. I, we're talking about posting a little bit more as we look at our roster and look at who we would play where and everything else. And um, there's, you know, playing off the pass off the post and playing off cutting off the post, I think have been things that you saw, you know, back in the day. And one of the reasons why, as you know, Bob, the Celtics played inside out so well so long as they had great players <laughs> to throw that ball to. And, uh, and they had, they demand double teams and those guys were willing passers to make the right play out of it. I think it's safe to say that there has not since Mikhail and Parrish been a comparable duo of mm. low post greatness on the same team. The game has evolved away from it, of course, but the, the sheer talent, if, if you showed videotape, you know, to some kids today, of that they would it'd be like looking at a, a, a outer space. They wouldn't believe that that actually happened. Well, you watch, and we, we all, we all, I'm sure at the start of quarantine, especially those of us, all three of us living in this area, when you turned on the TV at night, it wasn't live games. It was games from the eighties. It was games from before that. And the, we, we, we just came in here and we're, or we were zooming and asking Danny, like, Danny, how did you guys score with, Nobody was standing outside the three, so there was less space. Right. Everybody was bigger, and that just tells you how good those guys were scoring in the post and um, and how good they were cutting and how good they were passing. You know, I loved watching. It was fun to watch those games with Walton throwing those passes oh. over his ear, and McHale had every move, and Parrish doing what he did, and obviously Bird could post a matchup. Like, that was fun to watch. But I do think that – you know, we'll certainly we've looked to post our wings at different times over the last few years, and we'll probably do a little bit more of that as we enter this season. NFL football continues on this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how schedules change or players that play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere else on BetOnline. Head to BetOnline online today and take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Brad, how, how much are you aware? I was on a radio station the other day defending you. Some guys were defending you as well on the radio show. Some guys were killing you. Like, he can't win the big one. And I tweeted out something the other day. I'm like, seven years, three Eastern Conference Finals, one Eastern Conference Semi, all in the last four years, by the way. Um, you know what I think of you as a coach. I, I, I hope you do. Uh, forget about the, the person, the character, all that. Uh, but I start, you know, I'm defending you here, and I'm thinking to myself, like, what is wrong with people here? How, how much are you aware, and how much do you view last season, how it ended as a disappointment, uh, if you do? Yeah, I mean, listen, everybody's entitled to their own opinion and it, that is what it is. And you know, I don't I don't wake up every morning hoping that 100% of the people that I come across on a day-to-day basis think I'm a great coach. That doesn't really even cross my mind. You know, I'm just trying to do the job that I am lucky to have as well as I can and that's that's that. Um I was really, you know, I think that we've been really fortunate to be in the mix. And I think one of the things you want to do is give yourselves a shot. I think when you look at last season in its whole, and it was a long season, right? 
Um, if you would have told me we ended where we were at the start of last season after losing what we lost, I would have said that was a hell of a run. Yeah. And when we were in it, like you always are when you're in it, and it ends earlier than you want it to, which is obviously unless you win it, um, going to end earlier than you want it to, then, you know, there's that sour taste that's left in your mouth the rest of the off season. And listen, we didn't, we did not play our best basketball um, in some parts of that Miami series. We did play well in other parts. Uh, I said this after they beat us, they were a better team. They deserved to represent the East in the way that they played um, in the way that they um, executed all the way through the game on both ends of the court. And, and they deserve that. And I don't want to take anything away from them when I say that we didn't play our best, but we all know that we, we need to play better and, and we will do everything we can to do that. But as far as like, you know, I understand the expectations here. I understand that. And I also understand how hard it is to win and, I'm just going to keep doing my best. And as I've said all along, when you're in this, you learn pretty quickly um, with the excessive praise that's undue and the criticism that it doesn't really matter. You've never really had the criticism. I mean, honestly, like Butler, you never really had it a little bit here in Boston, but not a whole lot. Right. And well, I don't, I guess it doesn't really, I guess the, what I'm saying, Jeff is, is, as long as we're all working in one direction and you're, you're, you just stay yourself and you don't let that affect you, you know, you don't let that affect your emotions. I think it's important to, you know, pay attention to um, what's positive and, you know, we don't, I don't need necessarily anybody's validation. I'm just trying to do my job as well as I can. And once it's not good enough and they tell me it's not good enough, I'm going to say thank you and have uh, so much, um, I'm not, it's not, it's not over my head that I, that I uh, understand the responsibility and how fortunate I am to be the coach of the Celtics. So, you know, I think that just give it our all and let the chips fall where they may. Well, I can't say that I, any, any overt criticism is crazy. Of course. Uh, uh, I remember thinking when you got the job, I said, uh, when the contract's up with six years, you're going to be younger than Eric Spolstra is today. <laughs> and now you've arrived at that juncture and Eric Spolstra is, is ascended to right at the top of the, of the list uh, right up there with, I guess if we put pop in one category, put him on the side, right? He's the pot of familiars of all you guys right now. But, but Eric Spolstra is, is obviously proven over time because, you know, there were doubts about him. Uh, and, and whether he was capable of, of handling the whole situation in Miami. I think he's proven himself fr- rather well, don't you? Uh, so this, you know, I, I could not respect him more. He's an amazing basketball coach, but he's a, he's such a humble guy, you know, and I don't, I didn't know Eric. I don't know Eric all that well, except I passed him on a walk in the bubble every day for 95 straight days and <laughs> multiple times. And he's just a, he, he's, he's a good person and he's done a hell of a job. He, his teams always play really hard. It hasn't always been, you know, perfect. Right. But that's not what it's going to be. It's an imperfect game. And um, what you do is you put your best, your best, your best foot forward and damn, he's, he's tremendous. And, and you know what, Bob, there's, there's so many great coaches in this league and 
you know, I, I've learned a ton every year from the guys that have gotten fired. Like everybody can really coach. And so, um, you know, you just count yourself lucky to be one of them and uh, you don't get caught up in comparing. You know, I certainly have never gotten caught up in that because if I did, I would rank myself 30th out of 30. <laughs> um, and if we included the fired coaches, I'd be however many fired coaches at the bottom of that. What's the, um, what's the coolest story from the bubble, Brad? What, what's something that happened that you'll kind of, maybe not even on the court, maybe something off the court in the hotel, or like you said, walking around the track and, you know, talking to, to Spo for a while, whatever it was. Well, I think there are some, so I had um, uh, good friends with Angela Duckworth who wrote the book Grit uh, and she's a professor at Penn. And I talked to her right before we were going to the bubble and said, what do you think this will be like? And how do we kind of maintain our edge as we're going through this? And, and she said, I think it'll be really hard at the start. And she said, I think there will be ups and downs along the way, but more ups. Like you just have moments where it's going to be tough, especially when you're practicing and not playing games. She said, but when it's over, it's going to be what you tell your grandkids about. And regardless of result, I'd say that's probably going to be the case um, because it really was a incredibly unique uh, experience. I'd say the two things, I'll give you one on the court and, and one off of it. So I'd say off of it was the whole week. Um, when Jacob Blake was shot in Kenosha and the um, Bucks decided not to play and then everybody followed suit. The, all of the discussions, all of the um, raw emotion that whole week was like really memorable and really impactful. Um, and I think that the players and coaches and everybody else that went down there with the idea – that it was really important to not only play well and find joy in the game you love, but, but also to use this platform to, to inspire and to inspire. Um, you know, I, I think obviously voting became a huge push um, in the league. And from that moment, even more of one. And um, that week was really impactful on the court. I would say that our first game we played in the exhibition games, we got drubbed by Oklahoma city. That's right. And there were no fans. And I knew we were going to get drubbed immediately because Chris Paul was by far the loudest person in the gym. And, <laughs> you know, I think, I think, I think I was getting back into, you know, coaching again. And I think our players were getting back into playing and we were all just kind of waiting for the game to come to us. And, and this guy's just like directing the whole place. I mean, he, he's, and it's the only voice you could hear, you know, usually you can hear guys, but you can't, they don't impact you or they don't have that like right. presence that impacts both teams. Chris had that presence that day. And that was a great lesson for us. It was a great lesson for our players that they have to be the louder team in this environment because there's nobody else here. And it was a great lesson for our staff that all of us had to be a little bit louder to add not only to what we were all trying to accomplish, but to the energy of the building. Mm -hmm. You know, the buildings, I mean, you saw that the way it was presented on TV was really cool, right? It looked like a stage. You had all the people around. You had the, the music in the background. But you really, it wasn't very loud. Really? And so I think that, that that talking was important. I'm sure you could hear Grant Williams of all people. You can definitely hear Grant Williams. Grant never stops. I mean, no. I love Grant to death, but like, 
he never that mouth never ever ever which is a great thing for a locker room i mean i told i told i told grant the other day no one will ever accuse him of being subtle (laughs) never never he he's He's so mature though he's just i mean you got good locker again you got good locker room guys we do uh, i think on this team i think you really great yeah so jeff i gotta tell you uh, i i got i once got a good tip from from brad uh, was the day of the championship game in 2010 okay. uh, on the morning of, or day before maybe, I, whatever. And I said, uh, we want to go, we, my Dick Weiss, my great friend Dick Weiss and I want to go, we want to go have lunch at, uh, in Zionsville, and pay tribute ah. to the coach. Where, where should we go? And he said, well, the Friendly Tavern. So it was an excellent tip. We went to the Friendly Tavern and had an excellent lunch on that day. So I uh, thank you for that tip. So if you're ever looking for a good tip, you know, he'll, he'll give it to you. Friendly Very Tavern. Good. Right. The Friendly Tavern. That's right. That's, it was, it, when I was growing up, it was, I think, 21 and over. So I think that's where all the parents would go after the game and, you know, complain about the way their kids played. But <laughs> by the time I was going there, I was in coaching. So I was, it's, uh, it's a nice little stop. Maybe I'll, I'll head out there this year. They're, they're likely going to have the entire NCAA tournament in, in Indianapolis this year, Brad. They should uh, end it at Hinkle Fieldhouse. What, they should end it at, at Hinkle. You mean here? Right there. That's Bob. That's a perfect shirt for this. They should. Hey, wait a minute. Don't forget this. Oh, is that all the stats of it? Yep. How, how much do you miss college? I tell everybody, Brad. I said, listen, he's going to coach in the NBA forever until he's ready to retire, and then when he's like sixty years old. Now again, I'm I'm not forcing Lavelle Jordan out now. Okay, I mean this is many years. I don't know how how old are you now? 40? 40? 44. 44. Yeah. You're you're getting old. Anyway, when you're 60, I say you go back and you finish your career with like one year at Butler. Am I crazy? Yep. I'm crazy. Yeah, no, I won't be coaching when I'm 60, Jeff. That, that is <laughs> all right. I, 55. I, 55. I guarantee you that. You're going to be done um, before you're 60. I, you know what? That wouldn't surprise me at all. I've, I've already done 21 years, right? And and been a head coach for a long time. I've been really lucky. But I also um, I also recognize that there's a, you know, I hope there's a lot of years left. But, um, you know, you're never guaranteed that. We'll see where this all leads me. I, I say I'd never say never. But, you know, this is a – this has been – not only such a fulfilling experience from working for the Celtics and working with who we've had a chance to work with again, but also living in Boston. Um, our family has really enjoyed it. My kids love it. I sit down with my kids, Jeff, every year at the end of the year and say, do you want your dad to keep doing it? Because I want it. Cause it, you know, it's a, it's a, it can take a toll in coaching on the families and every year they're like, Oh yeah. Like this really? is great. Like where you, you were know, worried at first. They don't ride the waves of the ups and downs. And you talked about critics earlier. I mean, they can be as critical as they want on the radio. It ain't nothing like those two when I get home. They're <laughs> like get older too. They're on me. Yeah, my 15-year-old is like, you know, he, he thinks he invented the game. So he's on me all the time. So I uh, – but we love living here. And it's just been a really great transition for us. And we're still connected enough back to Indiana that we can – go back there at any time but um you know I don't I don't see me uh I don't see me moving into the college game or anywhere else anytime soon but you know we'll see 
well, you, you have Jeff, to go I can, back I can hear phone. the weeping and wailing in Bloomington right now. <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, I, I won't get into any of that, Bob, but I do know I'm that just, my dad. My I'm dad just played, saying, you don't have to say is, a word. <laughs> I think it is a good opportunity to shout out the IU football team right now. My dad oh. played football there and they are rolling. Wow. Jeff I guess until this week, that was, they've been fun to watch. No, that Even was a terrific game. Now they put, they, they, they showed real spunk and, and grit and all that and, yeah, they've got no, a little bit. No of quit. It was they're down twenty eight, and they got, got down to a hail mary. Oh, come yeah, on, yeah, they've got some stuff to them. They do. All right. Well, listen, we'll we'll let you get going here. You know, you you've only got about thirty days left. I'm no. I'm I'm heading out tomorrow, maybe to Mohegan Sun. We'll see. I'm gonna wake up in the morning, <laughs> see how I feel, see if Villanova, Virginia, two guys that you know pretty well, um, are gonna play out there, Arizona State, and. Uh, Hopefully, I'll get to watch some basketball. I don't know how long the college season's going to go, so I think I'm going to go just because it, it could be my <laughs> yeah. first and, and, and last chance to watch some college hoops. I don't know. I am I am crossing my fingers for college basketball. I'm crossing my fingers for high school basketball. I'm crossing – you know, I just think there's so much that you get from the game, and there's so much that you get from playing together and being a part of a team and – you know, the, the great elation of winning, but the trials of losing, like there's just so much you get from that. And let alone it's entertainment for all the rest of us. I'm with you. We need college to play yeah. so I can watch something. You got to watch Butler. You got to watch Butler, Brad. What else are you going to do in the next month? Watch I, tape every day? Well, unfortunately, when you say we're opening December 22nd, that doesn't mean that we just show up on December 22nd. <laughs> I know, but you will find a way. The you most will find a way to watch Butler games. Yeah, the most important time for a coach is right now when you're planning for practice in that training camp because it's you got to get those three weeks right because if those don't go right, you don't have much practice time after that. But I will definitely watch college basketball and definitely watch Butler play Western Michigan on Wednesday. And there you go. And we'll go from there. I, I knew you'd know their opponent and their the, the, the date. <laughs> so, listen, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, let Aaron Neesmith let it fly, okay? I've seen him play before a few times. Let him shoot threes. Let him shoot it. Let him shoot yeah. it. You have All our right. blessing. Just making sure. Yes, you have our blessing. Yes. Yes, and right, we got don't let Bob shoot it. Whatever. I saw that form, <laughs> that one-handed set shot. Oh. No, no, no. I beg your pardon. No, that, that's it, Bob. <laughs> Bob, the the episode is complete. We're, we're you're not getting the green light off this one. All right, All right. thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. Yep. Be safe. Be well. And uh, hopefully we'll see you in person at some point soon. Great to see you guys. Take care. Thank you.